This is Heather Dolomont, and I thought I'd pop on here to do a quick podcast, a few thoughts on a random evening. I'm just on my way into the gym, and I thought, you know, it's been a really hard day for motivation. I don't know if any of you struggle with that, but I certainly do, especially on my health and fitness journey, which I'm definitely finding myself pursuing more aggressively lately. But tonight, I just kind of felt like, oh, I just wanted to stay home and eat all the comfort food that I wanted and just completely indulge. Have you ever had a night like that? Because tonight was totally that night. But, you know, and I did indulge quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. Between yesterday and today, I did quite a bit of cheating. However, Um, I have this new tool, which isn't so new to anybody else, I'm sure. But for me, it's new because I've never really been an overly active person unless I was in my teens and I was in high school. But other than that, I haven't really been an overly active person. And so making the decision to go to the gym and work out on a treadmill, even if it's very lightly, um, to increase my activity level to the level that it needs to be has been really challenging for me. But I found myself for the last few weeks actually feeling really motivated and really excited and starting to, you know, drop some of the weight that I want to drop and feeling better. Um, And then a few days ago, I had a bit of an episode happen with my lower back, which for those who don't know, I've been recovering from lower back surgery since last year. And so even with fitness, I've had to take it slow and easy. But I had a bit of a flare up a few days ago, which felt like such a setback. And So for me, it was really hard to get back up on that horse and decide that I was going to work out more. And thankfully, with the help of an amazing chiropractor, by the way, if you're in the Toronto or GTA area and you want a really good chiropractor, um, there's a few that I could recommend, but one in particular who helped me out greatly with with this flare-up was Dr. Karen Hudis, and she works um, at Young and Shepherd in um, downtown North York. So if you're looking for a good chiropractor, look up Dr. Karen Hudis, H-U-D-E-S, and she will work miracles. So yeah, I went to see her, and thankfully... She gave me the good news after a couple of treatments, and yes, I was feeling better. She said that I could continue walking on the treadmill and taking it easy, but keeping up my activity as long as it didn't cause me a lot of pain. And she gave me a few exercises to try as well, and they've been helping a lot too. So I'm going to pull into that um, part of me to find motivation tonight, and I'm going to go into the gym. I'm sitting outside the gym right now. It's open um, all hours of the day and night, which work for me. But I am going to pull those motivation snippets out of myself and I'm going to find a way to get in there and 
get excited about doing this and work out some of those demons. Um, anyway, yeah, I just thought I'd share my fun thoughts tonight. <laughs> well, that's it for now, but join us for the next podcast where we talk more and more about our life and our family and our dreams and our goals. See you next time. Right? Because you're not necessarily saying names. But... Yeah, I think the, the message that I would want to get across to, to women is to, if you're, if you have that voice at any time that pops up in your brain that says, am I crazy or am I imagining this or is this happening? The answer is this is happening. <laughs> so basically trust your gut. Trust your gut instincts. Speak up. If you like, think a question, ask the question. Ask it. Don't skirt around it. Ask it. It's, it's you know, the healthcare profession as a whole wants to make you feel like you're inconveniencing them. And the reason they do that is because they deal with this day in and day out and day in and day out. So every woman who comes in there wants to be the the easy woman. They want to be the woman who doesn't put a strain on their healthcare providers. But in a birthing situation, you know, I I would go so far as to say fuck your healthcare providers. This is not them giving birth. And frankly, you could turn around, walk out those doors, go home, and give birth yourself. It's entirely legal in this country. It's entirely possible. And that is one of your choices, technically speaking. Would we advise it? Probably not, for various reasons. But, you know, you're walking into a situation. You're choosing to be in that hospital. You're choosing to be at that home birth. You're choosing to give birth with a healthcare professional present of your choice just as much as they are choosing to accept you into their care. It's it's literally this relationship. It's a two-way street. And if the relationship is broken down on one side by one person um, coercing another person and not giving them the full picture, you know, you could liken it to being in a relationship with somebody who's lying to you. That makes you feel distrustful. It makes you question whether or not you can trust their judgment in the future. It breaks down that relationship. And then, and then, and then you're left with this horrible, horrible feeling afterwards. And, and this anger and resentment and this almost this recoiling, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to run into them. You don't want them to really take care of you. And like, there's no need for that. You can, in the moment, you can stand up. You can say, hey, this is not okay. I'm not okay with this. This is my plan. There's no evidence you're giving me. There's no actual evidence you're giving me right now to show me that, that I, can, I can't follow my plan. And this is why every time she had mentioned something that they were saying to her, I asked for more information. And I said, okay, but what's what's the, you know, she was being told the one thing she was being told from the get-go was she wasn't going to be able to push her baby out because her baby was going to be too big for her pelvis. This is not a new thing. This is being said to 
literally hundreds of thousands of women on a yearly basis. This is being said to. And 95% of the time, I'd say even 98% of the time, it is completely medically false and a complete lie. And I feel like, yes, that's a bit of a bold statement to make, but it's a true statement. Your body, unless it has diabetes as a pre-existing condition or as a gestational diabetic, you haven't been controlling your sugars or taking care of yourself, then yes, you definitely are at a much higher risk of growing a baby that's too big for you to pass through. But that has to do with weight distribution, not actual weight of the baby. So putting that aside, you're talking about the vast majority of women who are being told by their healthcare providers that they can't birth their babies for zero medical evidence to prove that. Zero. And what's frustrating is when when you're bullying a woman into thinking that you know better, you know her body better than she does because you went to school to learn a little bit of a biology, you know, and I'm, okay, I'm simplifying it. Of course they learned more than that. But that my point is, is that you can have as much head knowledge as you want. You're not the one in labor. And I was just talking to Alex about this. She had said she made assumptions that her body was not working properly from well before she gave birth. She made assumptions about her body not working properly from like considering conception. She was assuming she'd never get pregnant. She was assuming she'd have problems. She for was no reason. for no reason. Yeah. She was assuming that she would uh, she wouldn't be able to carry a baby to full term. That every time something happened, that it, this was just a... Beforehand. Yeah. You thought you were kind of... I said that to her too. I'm like, it's funny you say that because it reminded me that I had this. Why do we do that to ourselves? Why? This is why. Because we're told you're a woman. You have this, this, this anatomy. You have to work like this, this, this. And anybody who falls outside of that spectrum... We don't have support for that person. We don't have information. We don't have a, hey, look at all these different shapes of vaginas. Guess what? They're all normal. And nobody shows you that. They just show you the stick figure that's on the screen of this is what a vagina looks like. There's literally 16-year-old girls in the States who are having plastic surgery on their vaginas because their labia is too long. What does that even mean? Like... What does that even mean? And and it's disgusting that that these young girls are being made to feel this way about their bodies at such a crucial age. It's no wonder that when they get to the age of trying to conceive that they already go in with a defeatist attitude. We all just assume our bodies are broken because we're being told constantly that if we don't fit into this mold, we're broken. There's something that's going to be wrong. We're not going to be able to conceive. We're not going to be able to carry to full term. We're not going to be able to breastfeed. We're not going to be able to do this. Like, and we're literally being told that by our healthcare providers. The people who we go to for help and support to be able to achieve these things, we're being told we can't do it. Oh, but we'll save your life by slicing you open on a table and pulling your baby out. Like, yeah. Don't worry, we've got this. And we're wondering why so many women and babies are dying. And don't worry the fact that we get paid more for the surgery than we do for no surgery. Yeah, don't pay attention to that little fact. It's fine. 
It's, you know, it's, it's infuriating at best for me. And it's as a doula, there's a very strict scope of practice that I have to follow. I cannot be an advocate for my client. I can't speak up. I can't look at an OB and say, take your stupid attitude and turn around and get the fuck out of this bed, out of this room. Get out of this birth space. Because all I want to do sometimes is look at these people and go, turn around and get the fuck out. You are not doing anything to help this woman actually give birth. And I can't do that because I'm a doula. Now, a midwife technically could, but she probably won't because, again, I could get her into hot, some hot water too. But midwives have the ability to be more advocates. And this is the other part of the frustrating thing in this particular birth scenario was the midwives who were in charge of this birth scenario suddenly dropped her like a hot potato. That Who does that? And then stands in there like a friggin' wallflower on a, you know, like you could, you may as well have been a piece of art on the wall. What is your purpose there? Like you don't even, you don't even offer words of encouragement to the woman who's there trying to labor, clearly being told by an OB that she's not going to be able to birth her baby. Where are you? So, well, but you got to think, strip this down. What kind of message, what kind of messages do you want to get out so people know in a more positive way, not a you can fucking take your own. I know that's the anger part of me going. Right. Stop it! Stop hurting women. <laughs> but what? Because this is where you got to figure out. This is where I want to empower women. I want to basically say to you, listen, midwifery or not, I am a huge advocate for midwifery as a model of care. All the top uh, countries in the world with the top um, performing healthcare systems with the lowest infant mortality rate. I mean, I could go down the list. All of those countries have midwifery care as the center of obstetric care with obstetrics, uh, with, with obstetricians being the big guns. They're brought in to do the medically necessary surgeries. There's three words to that statement, medically necessary surgeries, not elective surgeries, not surgeries because we get paid more and we just don't have the time to give to you because you've been laboring for two days in our ward and we're sick of you having you here. This is medically necessary surgeries, period. Okay, those that's the model that has been proven to work. Here in North America, we have two different systems when it comes to midwifery. But here in Canada, we're starting to be more in line with the European model. It's just taken a while. So with that in mind, we have access to midwifery. And yes, I'm a huge supporter of the fact that if you have a low risk, normal pregnancy, please seek out midwifery first. With that, understand that midwives are still healthcare providers. So if you're not connecting with your midwife, if you feel that this midwife just doesn't seem to be involved in your care for some reason, right. switch midwives. You can do that. Just like you can switch OBs. You can switch midwives. Hell, you can switch practices. You can go from one practice to another. I just, I just coached a mom in a mom's group who was unhappy with her midwife and not unhappy in a like, you know, this woman is mean to me or whatever. It's a, I'm really nervous because this 
this midwife doesn't seem like she knows what she's talking about. And what do I do? Is there anybody else who felt like this? And do I just go back to my OB? Like, what do I do? And I, for a few minutes, talked to her over private message, helped her to understand her choices of being able to switch midwives. She made one phone call, one intake form. She was able to switch midwives and she's way happier, way happier because that's the thing you, you as the consumer, you, even though it's a universal healthcare system here, especially in Ontario, you still are the consumer. Mm -hmm. You're the taxpayer, first of all. So you're the consumer on that end, but you're also the consumer by choosing to walk in their doors. Technically you can free birth at home. You don't necessarily have to have a healthcare provider present at your birth. Um, so you're choosing to be in care just as much as they're choosing to allow you into care. So if you have, if you go into it, understand that you're both making a choice together, then you reclaim some of that power back that you lose when the healthcare providers want you to feel like they know your body better than you do. That's not true. Yes, they have a vast amount of knowledge. And for the majority of us, they have more knowledge than we would on the birthing process. But the whole point is that that doesn't mean that they know us best. That doesn't mean they know our baby best. And it doesn't mean that just because they have a set of statistics in front of them, that you're the person that falls into the statistic they're trying to shove you into. You know, and that's the one thing I've learned, not just from watching these births, but from going through the third birth that I did with the gestational diabetes, you know, stuff. And they're so quick to herd you into these statistics that your baby's going to die if you don't take insulin. Your baby's going to die if you don't, you know, bring your sugars half a point lower. Are you kidding me? My baby's not going to die. Or I'm taking care of your baby because... And that was the best, is being told by a doctor, I'm watching out for your baby. As if the mother of the child has zero vested interest in the baby making it. I don't mean to 